Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Ve salatu vesselamu ala Resulullah ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecma'in. First and foremost, there's a dua request. Uh, Abu Khalid Asuri is having a kidney transplant tonight. Uh, I believe in Davis. We ask Allah to make things go smoothly. We ask Allah to make things easy for him and for his family. And we hope the operation goes better than what is anticipated. And we ask Allah to give him uh, much better health than he has ever had before as a result. Um, moving, moving on from there, the, uh, the topic, inshallah, for tonight will be then an iqama. So the overall, the umbrella topic for today, tomorrow, inshallah, Thursday, uh, will be back to basics. And this is a reminder for myself first and foremost, um, and I hope there is benefit in this for all of us in whatever capacity. If somebody already knows everything that's going to be mentioned, then alhamdulillah, you're rewarded for your patience. That's one. Uh, two, if somebody knows some things and then maybe they learn a couple of things, then alhamdulillah, they learned a couple of new things. And if everything is totally new to someone, then alhamdulillah, then everything is totally new to them. And, and we ask Allah for, uh, for benefit uh, wherever we go in, in whatever situation. Someone may be thinking, what, what's the point of having a talk related to adhan and iqama, which is the topic for today, and then tomorrow uh, is we'll do not just how to make it, but also some etiquettes related to it on a practical level. The day after that, things related to, uh, to prayer specifically. Of course, prayer as a topic is a very big and vast topic, but on Thursday, there are just a couple of things that I want to, to touch upon uh, in that regard, inshallah. The intention for today, for tomorrow, for Thursday, is for the window to go no longer than uh, 30 minutes. The intention is to be done by 8.15 uh, and We hope that there's a lot of nur and barakah in these gatherings. Uh, even if someone already knows everything that's going to be mentioned, uh, which a lot of the time is not necessarily the case. Usually, and I say this for myself, if I you know, listen to a lecture about any of these topics, I always walk away with something. Either something that's directly said or something that may have been said that resulted in me, you know, thinking about it, reflecting on it, maybe realizing something else that I had not thought of before that I have not that I had not come across before. I was talking to somebody recently and they said that they had no idea that the way that they were saying tashahud, you have a couple different options at the end of their prayer, they didn't know that for many, many years, this is a sincere, devout Muslim consistently praying, you know, all kinds of extra credit good deeds. They didn't realize that the way they were saying tashahud, they were mixing two of the different options and technically you're not supposed to do that. They didn't know that until they ended up taking, you know, a course or attending a lecture related to prayer and they started off thinking that I probably know everything that's here but you know hopefully there's something you know even one thing that I end up learning and they ended up learning that and that's actually an important part of our prayer so the intention is for there to be benefit uh, for all of us in whatever capacity uh, that may be inshallah to offer this Allah says to offer reminders because the believers benefit from these uh, reminders, and we hope that there's tranquility that Allah sends His sakina on this type of gathering, and the angels of mercy come, and and we hope that uh, Allah mentions us in a gathering far better than this one. Amin. So, in terms of adhan and iqama, there are a couple 
uh, I have three key things that I want to get to, the first one, I want to go over a couple of beautiful hadith that, we've, that we have in Riyadh al-Salihin, that's one, and then two, how to pronounce adhan and how to pronounce iqama, it's also important for us to understand that there are different options related to these things, so it's helpful for us to know that, okay, these are the different options that are there, and then when I'm going to call adhan or if I'm going to call iqama, then I need to know which option I'm taking and then I need to follow through with that option. So the idea is to not, to not mix and match uh, between them. Uh, and then the third thing that we'll get to inshallah is uh, the meaning. So first and foremost, in terms of the hadith, um, there are a couple hadith that I want to get to. The first one, it is narrated from Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, I need to hear the youth man, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, mashallah. If people knew what is in the call to prayer, so then, and the first row, and they could find no other way of attaining it other than drawing lots for it, they would certainly draw lots for it. And if they knew what is in going to the prayer early, they would race to it. And if they knew what is in congregational prayer during the darkness and the morning, i.e. Fajr and Aisha, uh, or Aisha and Fajr, they would attend them even if they had to crawl. Subhanallah. The next hadith, it is also narrated from Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu who said, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, when the call to prayer is given, shaitan flees, whizzing off so as not to hear the call. When the call is finished, he returns until the second call to prayer, the iqama, is given. Then he flees again. When the second call is finished, he returns and insinuates himself between a person and his self, saying, think of such and such, regarding something he was not thinking about before. Thus the person forgets how much he has prayed. So one of the goals of shaitan, we've all been there, we've all done that, we've all made that, uh, you know, we've all had that hiccup where we forget how many rak'ahs, We've prayed, which rakah are we on? We, we've all been there and done that. It doesn't necessarily mean that a person is a bad Muslim. It, no, it, it, it happens and we understand that. In fact, it even happened to the Prophet ﷺ. One time he prayed a four rakah prayer, whether it was Dhuhr or Asr, and he prayed two rakahs instead of four, and he didn't realize it. So after he finished, he was asked by a companion that, Ya Rasulullah, you know, is this prayer, has it been changed to two rakahs? And the, the Prophet was confused. He was like, well, you know, what are you talking about? He said, we just pray two rakahs. So the Prophet asked another companion, another Sahabi, did I pray two rakahs? He said, yes. And he said, okay, stand, let's pray the other two. So he said, takbiratul ihram, Allahu Akbar. And then he prayed the third rakah as normal, and then the fourth rakah. And then there were the two sajdas of forgetfulness at the end. And then the Prophet commented after that, saying that this is how you can uh, remedy that type of situation. Nonetheless, you can see that shaitan hates the adhan, shaitan hates the iqama. And even when we pray, he, so he's constantly trying to mess with our prayer. right? And this hadith also reminds us and shows us that this is one of the wisdoms behind adhan and iqama being part of the general practice of ruqyah. Right? Because it, it, it is something that can trigger a response in somebody if there is that type of issue. And we ask Allah to protect all of us in that regard. Uh, and then even when someone is praying, he wants to mess with our prayer as much as he can. Uh, there's a reason why at the beginning of our prayer, after we enter it, we say, before we begin Fatiha, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem. Okay, the, uh, the next hadith, inshallah, it is narrated from Abdullah ibn Abdul Rahman ibn... 
Abi Sa'a, that's a mouthful, and Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, that Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu said to him, I see that you love sheep and the desert when you are among your sheep or in the desert. Give the call to prayer and raise your voice when calling. For indeed, no jinn, man, or anything within range of the voice of the mu'adhin hears it without bearing witness for him on the day of resurrection. Abu Sa'id said, I heard this from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Uh, a few more hadith. The next one, it is narrated from Muawiyah radiallahu anhu that he said, I heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam say, the mu'adhins or mu'adhinun will have the longest necks on the day of resurrection. Uh, this doesn't necessarily mean that a person will have an extremely long neck like a giraffe. What, it, what it's saying is that within the human capacity, if someone has an elegantly long neck, that's what it's referring to. It's basically praise and you see a connection, do this in the dunya, and there's this direct reward in the akhirah uh, related to it. Uh, for the next hadith, it is narrator, narrated from Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, uh, radiallahu anhu, that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa said, when you hear the call to prayer, repeat what the mu'adhin says. Uh, in another hadith it says, when you hear the call to prayer, repeat what he says, then send salutations upon me. So the Prophet is saying this, والسلام, when you hear the call to prayer, repeat what he says, then send salutations, salawat, upon me, for whoever sends one salutation upon me, Allah will bless him tenfold. So you produce one and then you receive ten. Then ask Allah to grant, to grant me al-wasila. It is a high rank in paradise, which befits only one of Allah's slaves, and I hope to be that person. If anyone asks for al-wasila for me, it will be incumbent upon me to intercede, shafa'a, for him. So, so this kind of fills in some gaps that maybe someone didn't know this before. Maybe someone didn't know, oh, that's why, you know, I always hear my mom or my dad or, or myself. This is why we repeat when we hear the mu'adhin saying, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. We repeat it because there are direct references of the Prophet encouraging us to do so, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Um, and of course, as, as we know, it's a little bit different for Hayal al-Salah and Hayal al-Falah. Uh, after Hayal al-Salah, which means come to prayer, then we say, La hawla wa la quwata illa billah, which is very good food for thought within itself. And also after uh, Hayal al-Falah, hasten to success, then we also say, La hawla wa la quwata illa billah. There's no power nor strength except with Allah. Uh, Okay, it is narrated from Jabir radiallahu anhu that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, whoever says upon hearing the call to prayer, O Allah, Lord of this perfect call and of the established prayer, grant Muhammad al-wasila and superiority and raise him up to a praiseworthy position which you have promised him. It becomes, so whoever says this, it becomes incumbent upon me to intercede for him on the day of resurrection. This is the famous du'a that we're all familiar with. Allahumma rabbi hadihi da'wat al-tama wa salat al-qa'imah. Ati Muhammad al-wasila wal-fadila wa ba'athu maqaman mahmudan ladhi wa'ata. In some versions, innaka la tukhtifu al-mi'ad. So this is where that is coming from. It is narrated from Sa'ad ibn, we have, I think, two left. It is narrated from Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas from the Prophet, والسلام, that he said, whoever says upon hearing the mu'adhin, I testify that there is no God except Allah alone and without partner, and I testify that Muhammad is his slave and messenger. I am content with Allah as my Lord, with Muhammad as my messenger, and with Islam as my religion, his sins will be forgiven. And then the last one, it is... 
uh, it's also narrated, we were sitting with Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu in the mosque, in the masjid, when the mu'adhin gave the call to prayer. A man who was in the mosque got up and began to walk out. Abu Huraira followed him with his gaze until he left the mosque. Abu Huraira then said, this man has disobeyed Abu Qasim, referring to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So I know these were uh, quite a number of, uh, of hadith, but it, it gives us a lot of background of the virtues of adhan, of how much reward is in connection with it. Imagine if somebody calls adhan, and then let's say you have like 700 people, they end up praying that prayer, the mu'adhan is rewarded, they basically get a copy and paste for all of those people. Because they provided the call, and then people responded, so imagine how much reward this person will get, inshallah. It's also mentioned that your dua is accepted between adhan and iqamah. So that's number one, just some hadith that give us some beautiful background of this uh, incredible component of our deen. And in terms of the, the background story, very briefly, uh, when the Muslims, because there, there was no adhan or iqama in, uh, in Mecca, it wouldn't have made sense. They were being persecuted enough as it was. They were going through very difficult circumstances as it was. But then when they got to Medina, now one of the biggest blessings for them they could now pray freely, they could now pray safely, they could pray in jama'ah comfortably, they could establish their own masjid, they could... Uh, so th this was a huge, huge benefit of now having their own uh, place of refuge in Medina. So they were discussing among themselves, the Prophet and the companions, of, okay, how should we call people to prayer? So one idea was, if we light a fire and they see the smoke, but they said, you know, maybe we don't do that. What about a drum? No. What about... Um, what about a, a bugle or a, or a horn? And they said no. So basically, eventually, uh, Allah Azza wa Jal sent a dream to a companion. This is really the only thing that we know about him. Abdullah bin Zayd al-Ansari, he had a dream in which uh, essentially he was taught the adhan. So he went and he mentioned that to the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet confirmed it. And, uh, and ordered Bilal radiallahu anhu to call adhan when Sayyidina Bilal started, when he did it for the first time, then Sayyidina Umar came and he said that I, you know, I had a dream in which I saw and I heard the same, the same thing. So that was another, uh, another layer to it. Now this does not mean if someone has a dream and, and that dream, not to go too far off on this tangent, if they have a dream and you know they start saying that I had a dream that now we have to pray Fajr, it's 12 rak'ahs and Dhuhr is 10 rak'ahs and Asr is 1 rak'ah and then Maghrib is this and Aisha is that, obviously we, you know, we don't give credence to that. The only time that, that a vision or a dream is, uh, is potentially validated, it has to be within the boundaries of Sharia. So somebody, if they show up and they start saying, that, I had a dream that we don't have to pray anymore, we don't have to give zakah anymore, that person just doesn't want to pray and they just don't want to give their zakah. So they're making something up that's not given any credence. And this is a rare occurrence in the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ in which you have not only something connected to a dream, because at the end of Surah Al-Fatih, the Prophet had a dream and that's why they started going uh, for Umrah, then you have Hudaybiyah happening. But what's interesting about this is that the Prophet confirmed a dream that a Sahabi had. So this is something very unique. So even the story of Adhan shows how, how unique it is. So this was how it came about. Now I am going to ask if for any of the youth, uh, Muhammad or Ahmed, who wants to help me out with this? Muhammad or Ahmed, can you come to the front please? Can you please, you know, my voice is kind of tired. I need you to help me out a little bit. So now we're going to go over the pronunciation. Okay.
So I need you to repeat after me. Allahu. Allahu. Now there are some slight mistakes that a person may unintentionally make. So hopefully this can help to iron those out inshallah. So it's Allahu, it's not Allaha. Some people might unintentionally say Allaha Akbar, Allaha Akbar. Technically it's not a fatha, rather it's a dhamma. So one more time, can you say Allahu? Allahu Akbar. So it's a kaf, it's not a qaf. Someone may unintentionally say Akbar, which of course that's not something that we want to say. It's a kaf. So these details do make a difference and we'll get to a, uh, an example in a few moments because someone may unintentionally change you know, one of the uh, uh, tashkil or they may unintentionally change a letter and that can totally uh, that can totally change the meaning. So can you say Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar? Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Can you say it one more time? Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Good. So Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And then if you connect them together, as, as uh, Siri Ahmed just did, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. So again, there's a dhamma. We're not saying Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Where it's it's more pre, it's it's a little bit different, and we want to try to be precise with this. So Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. We say that once, and then can you repeat it again? Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Okay, good. And then can you say Ashhadu? Ashhadu. Allah. So technically, it's not Anna La. It's Allah. Ashhadu Allah. One more time. Ashhadu Allah. Ilaha. Ilaha. Illa Allah. Again, Ashhadu, Ashhadu, Allah, Ilaha, Illallah. And then the next part, Ashhadu, Ashhadu, Anna, Muhammadar Rasulullah. Good. Ashhadu, Ashhadu, Anna, Muhammadar Rasulullah. So not Muhammadur Rasulullah, like at the end of Surah Al Fatih. Instead of that, it would be Ashhadu Anna Muhammadar Rasulullah, not Muhammadur Rasulullah. We want to try our best to be precise with this. Moving on from there, Hayya ala Salah. So Hayya ala Salah. You can notice the details. Hay. So not Hey. We're not saying Hey. How you doing? Right. It's not a Ha. It's a Ha. So Hayya. Ala as-salah. And at the end of as-salah, there in, in, in any tajweed class, if it's really going to be stressed, then you have the exhale. So it's not just hayala salah with an alif, there's a tamarbuta. So you hear a little breath at the end. Can you say it one more time? Hayala Okay, so all it's a small detail, but all the way at the end, hayala salah. So you. Good. So there's that little, that little exhale at the end. Now we're going to move on. Hayya ala al-falah. Hayya ala al-falah. Hayya ala al-falah. Hayya ala al-falah. This is probably the biggest hiccup that a person a person may unintentionally make. They may unintentionally leave out the ha at the end of falah and replace it either with nothing, and they just leave it open. Hayya ala al-falah. Which is not what we're saying. And we're also not saying al-falah with a ha. If someone says al-falah, they're saying, come to the desert. 
But we're not saying that. Instead, we're saying Hayal al Falah with a Ha. So these are subtle details that do make a big difference. So after Hayal al Falah, then we have one more time. So connect them. Good. So you notice the Dhamma. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Now we only say this. One, so think of it as a pair. So at the beginning, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And then we go through it. So all the way at the end, you say it one time. So it's one pair. Say it one more time. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Okay, and then what's the last thing? La ilaha illallah. Good. La ilaha illallah. So technically speaking, there are two ways for calling, don't go anywhere. There are two ways for calling adhan. Someone may not be aware of that. So the norm here in our community, and we ask Allah to bless and protect our community always, what we're used to is uh, 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 the common way between the Hanafi school of thought, the Shafi'i school of thought, and the Hanbali school of thought. Technically, in the Maliki school of thought, all the way at the beginning, and if someone is in Morocco, they may see this, in Algeria, in Tunisia, at the beginning, or in Sudan, what you will typically find is one pair of Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, and then it'll go to Ashadu la ilaha illallah, Ashadu la ilaha illallah, Ashadu anna Muhammad rasulullah Ashadu anna Muhammad rasulullah The way that we're doing it, alhamdulillah, is fine. We ask Allah to accept it from us. Once in a blue moon, you may find somebody. I remember there was one brother here, the way that he called Adhan was Maliki style, so the nerd in me got kind of happy, like, oh, that's really cool. Because he's doing that based on what he's familiar with. Now imagine if somebody was not aware of that and they went to him with the intention afterwards, Al-Amr bil-Ma'roof nahi al-Munkar, I need to enforce what's right, forbid what's wrong. Brother, you don't know how to call adhan, you only said Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar one time at the beginning and not twice, Astaghfirullah, let me get my shoe and hit you. Right? That's not what we want to do. One of the conditions, and this should make someone be very careful and constantly take like 10 steps back before they do something or say something, is to do their homework. Because one of the conditions for al-amr bil-ma'roof wa nahi al-munkar is you cannot correct somebody if what they're doing is a different valid opinion. If it's invalid and it's something weird, okay, that's different. But this is technically a different valid opinion. Now in terms of iqama, can you please call iqama? Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. So this way of calling uh, iqama, and I think, good job, I think we all noticed the Hayal al-Falah, so you nailed that Ha really well, can give me a fist bump, mashallah. So this way of calling Iqama, people may not know this, there are three ways to call Iqama. So again, this is just for our information, just to be aware, and so we don't go and correct somebody if what they're doing is a different valid opinion. The, so this way of calling Iqama is the Shafi'i way and the Hanbali way of calling Iqama. The, the Hanafi way of calling iqama is the same as adhan, where everything is repeated twice. You just add qad qamat salah qad qamat salah The third way, which we don't often see here, I, I have seen it once in a blue moon, alhamdulillah, in our community, 
the Maliki way is the same as the way that Sheikh Ahmed just called it, the, the, the shorter way. The only difference is when you get to Qadiqamat al-Salah, he said it twice. In the Maliki way of calling Iqama, you only say Qadiqamat al-Salah once, and then Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah. This is just so we can be aware that our deen is really broad, it's vast, it's beautiful. However, someone is used to calling adhan, used to calling iqamah, then alhamdulillah, go and do that. But make your intention, try your best to not mix and match. Chances are if somebody, if they mix and match, it's unintentional, but we want to try to be aware and to be precise in terms of which way we're specifically saying it. So if somebody is saying it the Hanafi way and you're repeating everything twice, the same as adhan basically, then do that the whole way through and you say Qadaqamat al-Salah two times. So think of that as option A. Option B is what Shaykh Ahmed just said, where you basically say it once, you say Qadaqamat al-Salah twice, and then the Maliki way is the same way, but you say Qadaqamat al-Salah once. The idea is what you have A or B or C, whichever way it's going to be, to be precise in doing it that way. Sometimes somebody may start off the Hanafi way, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Ashadu la ilaha illallah, Ashadu la ilaha illallah, and then they may, without realizing it, pivot. Ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah once. Hayala salah once. Hayala al-falah once. Qadaqamata salah, qadaqamata salah. So they'll say that twice. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, la ilaha illallah. Technically, that's something that we want to try our best to avoid. If you're going to do it one way, then make the niyyah. To, to, we all make mistakes. We understand that. But we want to try to be aware and to be precise when it comes to adhan and iqama as best we can. Now I'm going to ask everyone here, please stay here, to now repeat after me, okay, including Sheikh Ahmed. So we're going to do it, um, we'll do it the, uh, uh, we'll do adhan the way that we're used to calling it, and then we will do iqama both ways, just so we can break the ice and famili become familiar with both. So I'll ask everyone here to please repeat after me for adhan, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashhadu anna Muhammadar Rasulullah. Ashhadu anna Muhammadar Rasulullah. Hayya ala salah. Okay, Jazakallah Khair, excellent job, mashallah, everyone here is, is deserving of a high five or a fist bump from somebody after we finish. Now for Iqama, I want us to do both just so we can become familiar and also humanize the other. Some people, they're used to one way, someone does it a different valid way, and they want to go and jump on their throat and vice versa. No, 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 we can be tolerant. We haven't even opened the can of worms of Salatul Witr. You also have three different ways of praying Witr. Yes, the Hanafi way is, is valid, it does have its evidence. Someone may cite a different hadith, that, oh, the Prophet said to make it different from Maghrib. That's a whole different discussion, we're not getting into that now. But just by knowing, especially because Ramadan is in a few months, if you go somewhere, things are a little bit different, chances are it's coming from somewhere. Just for us to keep that in mind and to appreciate the depth and the breadth 
of the tradition of scholarship in our deen. So now for iqama, we're going to go through it. And iqama is typically faster, and then it's typically slower, and then doesn't necessarily have to be super duper fancy. If somebody kept it simple, that's totally fine. But what's more important than the voice in adhan is trying to pronounce the letters properly to try to hit those points. Those are the fundamentals like in basketball. And then after that, you have fancy moves but the foundation has to be there first. So now first, we're going to do the Hanafi version of Iqama. Please repeat after me. This is the same as Adhan, but we add Qarqam to Salah twice. Please repeat after me. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashadu anna Muhammadar Rasulullah. Ashadu anna Muhammadar Rasulullah. Hayya ala salah Hayya ala salah Hayya ala al-falah Hayya ala al-falah Qad qamat al-salah Qad qamat al-salah Allahu akbar, Allahu akbar La ilaha illallah MashaAllah, for those last 15 seconds, we raw Hanafi, alhamdulillah Allah bless Imam Abu Hanifa now we're going to do it the way that Sheikh Ahmed did it, also known as the short version. This is the Shafi'i and the, uh, the Hanbali way. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashadu anna muhammadar rasulullah. Hayya ala salah. Hayya ala al-falah. Qad qamat al-salah. Qad qamat al-salah. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. La ilaha illallah. MashaAllah, you guys are all amazing uh, callers to prayer. Mu'adhinun, may Allah bless all of you. The last thing, we're just going to go over the meaning uh, and then we will conclude, inshaAllah. Jazakallah khair. May Allah bless you and your family always. Uh, actually, let me use this one. So, in terms of the meaning, you don't have to repeat this after me. Allahu Akbar. Who, who, so, no, I'm not asking everyone to repeat after me. But what does Allahu Akbar mean? It's actually interesting if you think about a wrinkle within this. What's Allahu Akbar? So that's one way of understanding it. Allah is the great. Technically, Allahu, that's correct. But there's a, like a super precise way of explaining it. How would you explain it? So Allah is the greatest is like 99.9%. Super good. But technically, Allahu Akbar means what? You guys are like way closer than you realize. I'm not knocking anyone. I'm not throwing shade at anyone, but Allahu Akbar. So akthar means what? More. More, right? More than something else. So Allahu Akbar means Allah is greater than dot, dot, dot. Leave it blank. Greater than anything and everything else. Allahu Akbar. My nafs, Allahu Akbar. Right, whatever you know, else it may be, whatever distraction that may be there pulling someone from prayer, it's not always easy. But the concept is Allahu Akbar, Allah is greater than whatever that uh, that distraction may be. Yes, that includes video games. Okay, so we're repeating that several times in then an iqama, and when we're praying, Allahu Akbar, Allah is greater than whatever I'm leaving behind, Allah is greater than that period. So inter- we'll just briefly go through the, the, the meaning and we'll conclude inshallah. So this is Allahu Akbar. What's Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah? Ahmed. I testify that there is no God except Allah. 
What about Ashadu Anna Muhammad Rasulullah? It's interesting that we're constantly repeating these things even in our prayer in Tashahud. Yes. I testify that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah. Good. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Hayya ala salah means, I mentioned it a few moments ago. Yes. Come to prayer. So th this is like, it hits the nail on the head for adhan. What are we doing? We're calling people to prayer. It's an invitation. And then do you also know the meaning of hayya al-falah? If you know, we can pass it to someone else. Yes? Come to victory, come to success, right? Tiny quiz point. Why do you think prayer is mentioned first and then success is mentioned after prayer, not before? Why do you think it's prayer mentioned first and then success? Ahmed. Because there's a that prayer is success. So prayer is the success and prayer will lead to your success in this life and the next. There are countless, we won't get into it, but there are countless stories out there. Someone, they just focused on their prayer, and then lo and behold, they become much better with their time management. They, 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 they quit turning in homework assignments late. You know, they, they were more punctual with different things, not just their prayer, but it affected everything else as well. Right? So prayer, so their grades ended up getting better, and you know, long story short, they ended up getting their PhD, and but in high school, they were really struggling with their grades their freshman year. In winter break, like now, they just start, they were already Muslim, they just they didn't really pray. But then they knew they should, they just didn't really care. They were like 14 at the time, however, however old, you, old you are as a freshman in high school. Over winter break, they started praying. Just their five daily prayers, not sunnah, not witr, not just their five daily prayers. The next term... They had straight A's and then straight A's. And so their grades were directly impacted by that. Their main intention was prayer, but Allah started to open doors of success even regarding their dunya. Now, in terms of qadaqamat as-salah, what does qadaqamat as-salah mean? Yes. Good. We are praying right now, right? ASAP, if you're not already here, then get here now. Qadaqamat as-salah, right? We're, we're about to pray right now. Uh, and then Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, La ilaha illallah. So within Adhan, within Iqama, there's a lot of wisdom that we can take away from it. There's a lot of benefit that we can take away from it. We're constantly repeating these phrases and it's food for thought. I'll conclude here that it's interesting to think about these being the specific phrases that Allah placed in Adhan and then also in Iqama, we ask Allah to accept all of our good deeds. We ask Allah to forgive our mistakes. I hope we all benefited from this. I know I did. I, I'm always the main person to benefit. Anyone who's ever given a short talk, a reminder, a khutbah, a lecture, taught a class in anything, the main person, studies have shown this too, the main person who benefits is the one speaking. You retain 95% of what you teach, but what you hear, it may be like 30% and you know even less than what you read. But the point is, that hopefully we all benefited from this. Uh, we ask Allah to guide us and forgive us. We ask Allah to help us to try our best to call Adhan properly as best we can. And we ask Allah to help, as well as Iqama, and we ask Allah to help us to benefit from the meaning and to reflect on the meaning. We ask Allah to bless anyone who has ever called Adhan here or Iqama here, 
who will call Adhan here or who will call Iqamah here. We ask Allah especially to bless our youth. Youth, practice at home. Parents, have your youth practice at home. So have them polish it and practice and practice and practice. We ask Allah to grant us all for the dawah. Amin Rabbil Alameen. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Nashadu la ilaha illa anta. Nasafuruka wa natubu ilayk. Yes, sir. Greater than dot dot dot. Literally, Allahu Akbar, Allah is greater than. Okay. That's literally what it means. Right, right. It's, yeah. yeah, basically same thing. I mean, it's a way of technically splitting hairs. Um, but so they're both true, right? Allah is the greatest. Uh, Allah is greater than anything and everything else. The meaning is essentially the same. Uh, it's just the, the, the way that it's styled or formatted. Allah is greater than dot dot dot, you know, insert anything here. Allah is greater uh, than that. So, Jazakallah khair, good point. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wa al-asr, inna al-insana lafi khusr, illa al-lazheena amanu amanu salihat, wa tawasabu al-haqi, wa tawasabu al-sabr. Jazakallah khair for your patience. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.